It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Today's episode is also brought to you by Freighterd and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health, the Freighterd and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. For more information, go to www.freighter.com slash academic. Expert Tuesday with Zach Jacobson from Cheesehead TV and Packer Report on the show today to talk about the Minnesota Viking win, to talk about where this offense needs to get to, expectations for the defense moving forward, and a lot more. I want to start today's discussion, though, with the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick because the Packers didn't make it. It was reported Monday night by Adam Schefter and then later by Ian Rappaport that the Miami Dolphins traded Minka Fitzpatrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a first-round pick. This is a Packers story because Green Bay was one team mentioned as potentially in on this deal, and it never materialized. From Green Bay's perspective, I would not have advocated trading a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. He makes sense for the Steelers because they are a team in desperate need of a cornerback. And Fitzpatrick can come in and make them better. So even in a season where they lose Ben Roethlisberger for the season, by the way, also reported Monday that Ben Roethlisberger is going to miss the entire season with elbow surgery. Drew Brees is going to miss six weeks. Sam Darnold, mononucleosis, Trevor Simeon goes out. I mean, quarterbacks dropping like flies on Monday. But Mason Rudolph comes in and plays decent. They must have faith in Mason Rudolph. The reality for Pittsburgh is they have to be right about this assessment. The difference between Pittsburgh and Green Bay, which I think is essential in understanding why Green Bay would not have done this deal, or at least should not have done this deal, he makes, he being Minka Fitzpatrick, makes the Steelers much better than he would have made the Packers precisely because he would have been a much bigger upgrade in Pittsburgh and will be than he would have been in Green Bay. And this is something that we always talk about this time of year. And this is something I mention constantly around the draft with best player available, right? The best player available is not necessarily the player with the highest pure grade. 
It's the player who maximally improves your roster. So Minka Fitzpatrick comes in and makes Green Bay's defense better. That's for sure. But how much better? And, and how much better relative to his cost? In this case, you look at the 2021st. Let's say the Packers are willing to give up their 2021st for Minka Fitzpatrick. Who would they have drafted with that 2021st? A receiver who, if he's good, makes this team significantly better. Uh, right tackle? If they don't re-sign Brian Bulaga, which is something that that we have to start having serious discussions about because Brian Bulaga has been excellent through two games. Are there other positions that make the Packers better relative to what Minka Fitzpatrick would? Now, there's obviously a risk because even first-round picks are only good 35-40% of the time. You're trading for certainty if you're trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. But you're also looking at the marginal improvement. So if he makes the Packers' defense, which may already be, let's say, it's an 85, if he makes them a 90, that's a pretty big improvement. But if he takes the Steelers' defense, which right now might be a 75, and makes them an 82, an 85, that's a pretty big difference. And when you look at the difference in, and we're just trying to quantify, I'm trying to think like Madden ratings here. If, if you're looking at, where the Steelers are good versus where they're they're weak. Clearly, defensive back is a major problem for them. Defensive back is not a major problem for Green Bay. So you're looking at a position of strength and solidifying it for a first-round pick versus a team like the Steelers looking at a position of sincere weakness and saying, even if we miss on our evaluation of Mason Rudolph and think that he is good when he is not so good, We think Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a surer bet than anyone in the top 10 in this draft, and rightfully so. Because again, even in the top 10, you're looking at an under 50% hit rate for first-round picks. And I don't think teams think about it that way often enough. That's what draft picks are. They are lottery tickets. And the the probability of hitting is less than half. You are less likely to hit on a draft pick than you are to not hit on it. That's just the real, no matter how good of an evaluator you are, you are less likely to hit on a draft pick than you are to hit. The numbers are what the numbers are. Doesn't matter what team you are, even good teams hit less than half the time. So you are not giving up much certainty. In fact, you're giving up the opposite. You're giving up potential with this first-round pick. You're giving up the potential that that player is better than Minka Fitzpatrick, which seems unlikely. But this fundamental difference that I I think makes this so critical is Minka Fitzpatrick, the value that the Packers would gain from adding him, that incremental value, is so much lower for the Packers than it would be for the Steelers that it just didn't make sense for them. And and you have to look at the, the compensation part of this because it was reported that Kansas City was in on this discussion, but that whatever pick that they take, even if they don't get Minka Fitzpatrick, is going to be at the bottom of the first round. Pittsburgh could be, you know, they could be a top eight pick. Well, of course, that first-round pick looks more appealing than the Chiefs' first-round pick, and this is going to be true with the Jalen Ramsey news. Jalen Ramsey wants out in Jacksonville, and for all the same reasons, you know, he's going to get at least a first and probably more picks 
And it is actually the case that this was more picks. You know, there were pick swaps in the fourth and the fifth and the sixth round that that make this, I guess, you know, a, a potentially lower first round pick if we're looking at total value here, but not really. I mean, I mean, not really. So Jalen Ramsey is someone that, you know, some Packer fans have already said that they want. Why? Kevin King and Jair Alexander just shut down the best receiving duo in the league. So what is the incremental value? What is the value above what they have already relative to the cost? It's cost certainty. But in the case of Ramsey, he's going to be looking for a new deal with any trade. And Green Bay basically can't afford to do that. So you can just cross Jalen Ramsey right off the list. I mean, if we want to talk about trade targets and the Dolphins, Devontae Parker is out there. I have made the case that I actually think Jakeem Grant, who you can probably get for a fifth, is someone who makes a lot of sense for this offense, someone who can create with the ball in his hands. That's what Green Bay needs. That makes this team maximally better because you're improving a place where they are weak. This is why need is always such an important part of best player available. Best player available has to include their future role on the team, which incorporates need. So, you know, this is how I look at it. Someone like, let's say Kenny Galladay. Let's just play Madden for a second. Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay is a worse player in a vacuum than Minka Fitzpatrick. But Kenny Galladay would make the Packers better than Minka Fitzpatrick would because of his potential role and impact on this team. That's how I look at this trade and not making the trade for Green Bay. He was not worth the first. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey probably is in a vacuum, but then you add in the attitude, you add in the contract that you have to give him, and it just doesn't make sense for Green Bay. All right, we're going to get to Zach Jacobson in just a second, but before we do, I want to talk about my bookie. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie is the best in the business. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on to activate that deposit bonus. When you go to mybookie.ag and you find you yeah, live in-game betting, fantasy football betting, there's so many ways to win and they're going to give you free money just for signing up, just for putting money in the bank. They will give you money with the promo code locked on because at MyBookie, when you play, you win, you get paid. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find innovative cures for complex diseases and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. 
you know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one two punch to keep your one two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, let's bring him in. He is newly of PackerReport.com, a CBS property. He is also a weekly columnist at Cheesehead TV. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach with a C-H-A Jacobson. You know him. You love him for his obsession with Trevor Davis. Zach, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Thank you for having me, Peter, for the first time in history ever. (laughs) (laughs) It is. uh, We are teammates now, though, over at Packer Report, and uh, we we will talk about that a little bit later. But let's report on the Packers first, and Packers are now 2-0 after they beat the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sure everyone listening already knows that. What were your top-line thoughts coming out of what we saw on Sunday? Well, my first initial thought was just kind of how they, uh, you know, how they came out at first. You know, that whole first quarter, you know, and even a little bit in, into the second quarter where they jumped out to the 21-0 lead, we saw what the offense could look like. A lot of play action. There was a lot of balance. There was a balance for a good majority of the game. They were really strict with their their run-pass ratio. Aaron Jones got going, and Aaron Rodgers was really clicking. I, I tweeted during the game that it was the, the sharpest that I have seen him in probably since December 2016, since the whole run-the-table uh, uh, streak. So just we saw how they could possibly look Obviously, they weren't able to put it together for an extensive period of time. Aaron Rodgers said after the game, that was just, that's Mike Zimmer, you know, and, and Mike Zimmer, obviously he's had success against Aaron Rodgers. You and I had a little back and forth about this on Twitter as well, but um, yeah, that was my, you know, kind of initial takeaway was just kind of what the ceiling is with this team offensively and defensively, they showed that they're still pretty damn good they can still get after the quarterback the pass rush is still 
very much intact uh, a week after kind of closing in on Mitchell Trubisky. They, they had a test against a quarterback who dotted them up last year for over 760 passing yards in the two combined meetings in Kirk Cousins, seven touchdowns and a pick, you know? Uh, so they kept him in check for a majority of the game. They, they, his final stat line was like 14 of 32, I believe. And he was just, he didn't get settled in. They, the Packers have made a habit of their first two opponents, uh, opponents of not letting these quarterbacks get settled in and, and just get comfortable. So I've just, I've loved what I've seen defensively from this team. So if their offense can put it together, then it's, it's going to be a very, very uh, dangerous team to mess with. Let's talk about that offense because, you know, there's been some level of concern about, you know, the, the bogging down of the offense after they get out to that hot start. I think there's, you know, a number of different reasons why we saw that. What is your level of concern at this point? And uh, do you have a, well, I'll, I'll ask you a follow-up after this, but, but just let me, let me hear your answer on this one. I think it's too early to be concerned. Uh, they were playing two very good defenses to open the season. And, you know, we, all of us, we kind of, we really, really, really expected this, you know, going into the season, a new offense, a new head coach, a rookie head coach. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers not playing in the preseason, which obviously doesn't impact, doesn't really have much, much of an impact on how he has played at all in these first couple of games. Um, I know it's kind of like taboo to mention that because, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't play a snap in the preseason. He comes out slow. Oh my God, maybe he should have played. But we expected this. Everyone kind of knew that it's going to take a little while for them to really get going for Aaron Rodgers to get acclimated. I mean, he's wearing he's wearing a play call uh, a play calling sheet on his wrist for God's sake. I mean, I haven't seen him do that since like 2006. Okay, so these calls are obviously very long, and it's going to help them get the calls out faster. So they're doing what Cal they throwback. can. Yeah, <laughs> like the Cal throwback. He like he like he said he hasn't had play calls that long since his Cal days. So yeah, it's a little too early to, to really be concerned. Now, if this continues for lengthy stretches late into the season, like if it's December and they still haven't really, you know, picked up their stride, they're playing like it's 2015 again and, and, you know, receivers can't create separation and the scheme is falling apart and things look stale, then, then yeah, you be concerned all you want. But right now it's a little early. Aaron Rodgers, he, like I mentioned previously, he looked so sharp yesterday. Some of the throws he was making, he was just pinpointing with you know with his accuracy. And the stat line wasn't even as good as it could have been. Like there were there was there were a couple drops out there uh, against the Vikings. And look, when Aaron Rodgers is, is looking as good as he is, then the possibilities are really in this. It's just a matter of kind of everybody forming cohesion. And I know this is another topic, but I'm not a big fan of swapping out guys at left guard throughout the course of the game. I, that's just a whole other thing. That's not really going to help their case offensively, but no, it's, it's something that I have, have been wondering about as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm on record saying, I think they should just play Elton Jenkins, but that you're right. It's a separate topic. Agreed. I, yeah, I want to, I, I want to get your thoughts on something that I threw out there on Twitter. And that was if green Bay had spread out their scoring a little bit more, they don't get out 21, nothing. They score seven and then, you know, they, they move the ball a little bit and then punt and then whatever. And it's just, it, it's a little bit more spread out. Do you feel differently about the offense if that's the case? It's a good question. I, yeah, I probably would because I mean, if they're, if they're moving the ball and you know, like you said, they stall at some point, they stall, you know, that, that their own 45, they got a punt, they pin, pin the Vikings deep. And that's kind of really just a field position game at that point. Then 
you know, they're, they're hitting kind of low points, you know, they're, they're, they're not really consistently moving the ball. Like what they did against the Vikings, it's, it's like that, that four play 73 yard drive. They went down against the bears. It's like that they were able to kind of stretch that out a little more against the Vikings. And they were able to get that same form of, of lethal offensive production and just kind of, you know, stretch it out throughout the duration of the first quarter because they had those opportunities. So I, I liked, I liked the fact that they were able, they, they just, they stepped on the Vikings throat when they had the opportunity. Now, if that was just kind of stretched out, like you said, throughout the course of the game and you know, it's the fourth quarter and they're finally, they're hitting that, that 21st point, then I would probably feel a little less confident about the offense, but that whole first quarter, like it, it, it felt like 2014 again, you know, when they're jumping out to big leads early in the game and they're putting games away at halftime, that's what it kind of felt like, you know, and they're blowing guys out of the water at, at home. You kind of got that same vibe a little bit, you know, but 2014 was the yeah, same I, example that I, that I was thinking of. And, and I think had they, if Allison doesn't fumble, cause they look like they were going to drive and, and score there again. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had the Vikings yeah. on their heels if they score there, then I mean, I'm I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger on the 2014 tweet because then they fumbled and then. But I was ready. I had it ready. I had it queued up, and that is that is the closest uh, we can. I I am with you. I, I think it makes more sense to want to see them hit that roll downhill. You can't stop us for a for a full quarter kind of stride because to know they have that gear says something about this offense. All right, we're going to get back to Zach in just a second. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. There are so many apps out there, and so many of them can feel soulless. They can feel like all they're doing is nickel and diming you. That's not what Vivid Seats is about. What they want is to provide the ultimate customer experience and get you to where you want to be. You want to go see your favorite team. You want to go see your favorite artist in person and earn credit back on purchases made through the Vivid Seats app with the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. They know. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seat to any of their favorite live events. That means sports, concerts, theater, and more all through the Vivid Seats app. With the reward status program ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn from 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases through the app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. For the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get there. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, 
and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events. So follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back to Zach. I want to set you up for something right in your wheelhouse. I have said for the last week after what I watched in Chicago that what they need is an injection of speed on the outside. I think that with the way that this offense gets open, it's tight ends. That someone like like Geronimo Allison and Jake Kumaro are somewhat redundant as middle-of-the-field possession receivers and that the guy that I would like to see on the field more is Trevor Davis. There it is. I just, that's it. That's the whole question. It's not a question. I just want to, I want to tee you up and go (laughs) off. Well, look, if you... If you like, if you told me in advance that you were going to have me on the show to talk about Trevor Davis, I would have been prepared and not worn pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I completely agree with you. Now, all of that, everything we've heard and seen about Trevor Davis, you know, throughout training camp and throughout the preseason, how good he's looked as a receiver. Like he's he's in uh, what year four now? He looks polished as a receiver. I said his best chances of making the roster was as a special teams guy, as a gunner. He's one of the best gunners on the roster. He is the best return man on the roster, regardless of what we saw on Sunday against the Vikings. He he had a really rough day, and I, my brand took a hit as a result, a very drastic hit. But when he when he gets going, when he hits that gear, no one's going to catch him. So to your point of injecting that speed into the offense, Matt Lafleur can design packages to get the ball in Trevor Davis's hands and inject that same speed into the offense. So you, if you just get Trevor Davis the football, he's going to make things happen. We saw it in the preseason. Okay, we and uh, we saw it against the Raiders in the preseason against the Chiefs uh, when he shouldn't when he shouldn't have even been playing in that game. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stand on my soapbox for a minute. He shouldn't even been playing in that game because he locked up a roster spot the week prior in Winnipeg. Okay, so anyways. Now that he kind of has that that niche down as a receiver, like. I just don't like. Why not play him? You know, and, and when when Marcus Valdez Scantling got hurt last week against the Bears, and Devontae Adams left for a couple snaps, Trevor Davis came in. He caught a nice pass 
uh, over the middle again, a nice big chunk of yards. And it was in crunch time too. I believe it was the fourth quarter. So, and he came in over Jake Kumaro. Over Jake Kumaro. Yeah. And what are you, what are you going to lose by giving it, you know, by giving it a shot? You know, I get there's certain, there's certain, certain packages, certain matchups you want. So maybe, you know, certain game situations don't call for Trevor Davis, but I still would love to see him out there. And so would my brand because look, he's, he can function as a receiver. Now he can, he can do dangerous things with the football. And like you said, Geronimo Allison, Jake Kumro, they're not those speed type of guys. You know, they're, they're redundant types of receivers, same kind of prototypical guys that aren't really going to be able to stretch the field. Now, if you come out with Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Trevor Davis out there on the field, obviously obviously, it's not going to intimidate the living hell out of the opposing defense, but they're going to need to defend downfield because those guys can beat you deep. Yeah, it's it's certainly not going to be Cooks, Cup, and Woods, but it, it it brings a different element. And and I wonder about the personnel at this point because Green Bay went into this offseason clearly believing they were okay because they didn't add mm-hmm. at the skill position at well at receiver at least. And we've seen that so far that's been an issue because guys outside of Devontae Adams have struggled to step forward. MVS look like that guy. In, in week one, he has the big play. Trevor Davis gets involved. You know, Big Bob Tanyan gets involved. And it looks like, okay, this is going to work out. And then in week two, you, you go back and, again, it's no one but Devontae Adams getting open consistently. Uh, do you have a concern level about the skill position players? Or is this just a, a function of, you know, the offense getting in gear, Matt LaFleur learning about these guys, trying to find out what works with what personnel, or, you know, some combination of the two? I think it kind of goes back to the conversation you uh, you and I had earlier uh, um, on Twitter. It's it's probably a little bit too early uh, to be concerned about any of this, but I, I still share the sentiment that that position just lacks juice, intimidation. Like you know, like I said, guys, defenses aren't going to be intimidated by Geronimo Allison, you know, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's still very much a work in progress, and you know, he he had that that drop against the Vikings he had a high point the football looked like he caught it but he just couldn't bring it down he you know couldn't bring it down to the uh, to the ground with him but you know he's got to be able to make those plays especially if he's going to come in as as a number two receiver and play opposite Devontae Adams because the the Packers they just they don't have a guy outside of Devontae Adams just it's just a bunch of a bunch of bodies you know and I've expressed my my discontent with the fact that they didn't add a receiver in free agency or the draft. And I, you know, I get, you know, who could they have possibly added, you know, in free agency, you know, or what, what pick could they have used to, to spend in the draft on a receiver? It wasn't going to be one of their first round picks. They, okay, they weren't going to take DK Metcalf at, at, at 12, <laughs> even though he ended up falling, but it's tough to say, Oh, they should have taken someone when, Darnell Savage looks like a really good player. Elton Jenkins looks like a really good player. And Jay Sternberger, yeah, definitely. we don't know what he can be, but certainly plays a position where they don't have a long-term option. So it's like, yeah, uh, Terry McLaurin in the third round, he looks like a steal. But the Packers made some picks before that that they feel really good about. So it, it is a question of, you know, can you get everything done in one offseason? I want to flip this conversation uh, about the defense because we we – have not spent enough time talking about the quality of this defense. 
I will say that I thought I thought th- I thought the defense would be better and potentially a good defense. I certainly did not expect them to look like this to create the number of turnovers that they are to be as good on the edges as they are and, and to be as disruptive as they are for it all to c- come together this quickly. I mean, are you are you surprised they look this good this early? I I was very surprised personally. Like I I knew they would I I knew they had like the potential to be a top 10 defense. But right now they're they're looking like borderline top 5 right now. And you can yeah. even argue above that because they like these guys, like I mentioned earlier, they have not given the opposing quarterback any time to settle in. I tweeted a stat yesterday or on Sunday shortly after the game, like Mitchell Trubisky and Kirk Cousins, they're both like 30 of of 77 uh, can't remember the, the yardage, but a touchdown and three picks. The Packers had seven interceptions a season ago in, in through through all sixteen games. They had three through the first two yeah. games, so it's very obvious. They, you know, Mike Pettin stressed it throughout the offseason that they're trying to force, force more, more turnovers, whether it's interceptions, fumbles. You know, the, these guys are getting after the football. They're getting after the quarterback. They finally have this potent defensive front that's just scary, and they have guys. Like the, the best part is they have guys who can play all over. Guys who can play multiple positions and just swap out. I, I love it. I love the entire make of this defense, their attitude, how they're gelling together, they're playing for each other. It's it's a great just energy. We are both now uh on uh the Packers Avengers. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what that is and where they can find our work? Yes. Hello everybody. You can find us at PackerReport.com. We are established in 1972 by Ray Nitsky. And that just speaks, you know, to the volume of how uh, how hallowed of a website it is, how hallowed of a publication it is, and how uh, privileged you should feel to be reading the content there. So <laughs> if you guys want to check it out, like I said, head over to PackerReport.com. Our, our writers there are just top-notch. Our, our entire team is fantastic. And just like the Packers defense, we are, are all just gelling together. It's a just fantastic unit. Myself, Peter, Ross Uglum, Andy Herman, Dusty Evely, uh, so many great guys. There's a, a few others. All the Jacobs. All the Jacobs. Jacob Westendorf, Jacob uh, Ogden, Jacob Morley. I, I can't, I can't, I can't stress it enough. We got a great group. So if and we got a promo going right now. Sign up and and you get months free. It's a whole thing. So go check that out. Uh, what about Twitter? What about anywhere else that people can find the content that you create? Uh, if you guys want to check. Me out on Twitter. You can find me at Zach A. Jacobson. Uh, that's Z-A-C-H, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I'm also still producing content at Cheesehead TV, so be sure to check me out there as well. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate you coming on. Of course, Peter. Thank you for having me. All right. We're going to be back tomorrow, Crossover Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we're going to get the scouting report. But I'm, I'm working to secure a guest for that. And uh, I don't want to spoil it because I'm excited about it. Um, and if we can if we can work it out, uh, I think it'll be really helpful because the Broncos are an uncommon opponent. And I think while I think a lot of Packer fans probably watched their game last week or part of the game with the Bears, uh, there is a lot that we don't really know about Denver. And, and that's probably true of John Elway and Vic Fangio and a lot of the guys in that front office and whatever. But we're going to try and, and parse that as best we can to give you the best preview that we can for this upcoming game. So be sure to check that out. And and the easiest way to make sure you don't miss it is to subscribe. iTunes, you guys love Spotify, which is great. I use Spotify. 
but go subscribe on iTunes. You don't even have to, you don't even have to open it. Just go subscribe. Just go subscribe on your phone and use the podcast app to subscribe. You don't have to listen. You don't have to listen to it. You just have to subscribe. That that helps. It matters. Okay. We appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Remember to subscribe to the Locked on Packers newsletter. I have that pinned to my Twitter bio. Go look that up. It's weekly analysis, uh, links, information, graphics, betting info, all the things that you need to be the most up-to-date fan that you can be. And we are going to have our stream on Friday. So we had some technical difficulties. I have a fail-safe this time. No matter what, there will be a Periscope of our show on Friday, a live video to get you set with injuries and everything that you need for week three Packers Broncos. So keep an eye out for that. Go follow me on Periscope and and get set for what I think is going to be a fun and useful potentially opportunity to engage with you guys. So get ready for that. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341- 3775. There are so many ways you never have an excuse to not stay locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.